Welcome to Back to Back. I'm Jordan Harvey, Major League Soccer player for 14 years with over 300 games experience. Hey guys, I'm Steven Basher, MLS Cup champion, two supporter shield, and 10 years of MLS experience here. From being roommates in Vancouver, now being roommates for a team that has taken the league by storm. We're going to be giving you an inside look of what it's truly like on, off the field, and even on the road with Los Angeles Football Club. We'll sit down with everyone from LAFC teammates to opposing competitors. Influential people connected to the soccer life. Today on Back to Back, our first ever guest, John Thorrington, Executive Vice President of Soccer Operations, also GM of LAFC. We had a, a little bit of an audio issue, sounded like we were in a bathtub, um, but we are sorting that out and it'll only get better. But uh, John was a great first guest and we talked from everything from Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson stories to what else, Beta? We got We Are LAFC, the documentary on ESPN+. Plus. We talked about a little bit of the LAFC culture. Um, and also something that a lot of people don't know, he was a great baseball player, maybe a better baseball player than a soccer player, which is pretty cool. Probably the best part of the podcast, yeah. talking about the Dodgers and his baseball days, a little Coco Crisp tidbit in there. Yeah. Um, but for our first podcast, uh, it was great to have him on. He can talk. Yes. Um, that is for sure, and we enjoyed every second of it. So here is our sit-down with John Thorrington. Enjoy. Thank you very much for being our first ever guest on Back to Back with Stephen Bateshore and Jordan Harvey, our inaugural podcast, episode one. We thought we'd bring in the big guns and have John Thorrington as our guest. So thank you very much for sitting with us. I'm flattered. It took me a few seconds to get the Back to Back, but it's very clever. <laughs> Hey, I appreciate that because we worked really hard on that. We, <laughs> it shows. Yeah. We, yeah. we brainstormed for about a week yeah. and then uh, we came up with that. Now, going into something a little bit different, but something that you obviously helped create in building a roster and, like you said, countless other people that have helped create fans and just the culture, the LAFC culture. Did you, I know you were like 17 when you were at Manchester United, but there were still all of the big timers there, uh, Sir Alex Ferguson, all the big players, schools, gigs. Did you draw from that culture? I know at 17, 18, I, I was in college. I had no idea. Yeah. I was still learning who I was. Mm -hmm. But in that time, at Manchester United, were you able to pick stuff up from that culture and yes. bring it here? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I would say that I still draw on experiences and learnings from even though I was 17, 18, 19. From that was such a special time to be there because you still had, I would say him, and then you could argue maybe Wenger, but the last of that type of culture where it is one leader, and now clubs of that size are so their tentacles go so far that it's impossible for one person to do it. But it was still at that point where it was this massive global club, but and he was a special guy, is a special guy that managed that and. The best thing experience for me was the fact that I was a kid there, 17, 18, 19. I never played a meaningful first team minute for him. Um, but it's very connected and it was, you're in the same place, you train right next to them. So if they need, you know, the right back, the left back goes down, boom. Like, you know, today we had a guy who pulls out with a, whatever it was. The guys right next to him, you're, you come over. So this is very connected group. So you're rubbing shoulders with the players with the staff 
and the leadership lessons you see from him. You know, I still can vividly remember days where, at this point, they were playing Juventus in the Champions League, and the reserves would be Juventus and play against the first team. And so you're sitting there, like what Bob would do for the team talk ahead of the game the day before, and hearing the things he would talk about and how he'd motivate, and I could still vividly remember some of the stuff he said. And the best example I can have, or the, the best indication of the type of person he is, this is Sir Alex Ferguson, um, this would have been in like 2011 maybe, I was playing in, not 2011, I was Vancouver, 2010. Um, we, I was playing in Chicago, Man United came on a preseason exhibition, uh, but just training, we didn't play against them, but they were training after us at our facility and people were like, oh Man United, are you gonna, and I still had a couple of friends who I'd been in touch with and this is dating myself um, and my just complete reluctance on social media and what have you, like, this <laughs> is before, get to that. This is before, before email and everything. <laughs> get to that. So I had to, like, actually call someone and be like, hey, you know, are you coming into town? So I had some friends, but everybody was saying, like, oh, well, you're going to say something to Sir Alex Ferguson. And I was like, look, if I bump into him, I might reintroduce myself or what have you. But I'll never forget, I'm walking off the um, our training running down the hall to our locker room and I hear this John and I turn around and he's standing there by himself and I was just like just deer in headlights and I walked <laughs> over and he's like how are you doing and I was just sort of so taken aback yeah. that he remembered me not just and it was very clear that he knew what I'd been up to he was asking about my parents who you know he That's had met crazy. my dad when they were recruiting me and this, that would be impressive if I were like actually a meaningful yeah, player like for him. Player, yeah. I was nothing, and like Not 11 really. years had passed. Yeah. And he went out of his way and remembered things, and then we had a conversation about my experience there. Six months later, they're in the middle of their Christmas busy period. I'm on vacation in South Africa. I get this text. He called me to ask me about the conversation we had six, it's like wow. a level <laughs> of detail and care yeah. that Still blows my mind. Doesn't that totally remind you of Bob and how he is? They're very similar. What I what I think, yes, and one of the things that I think you just mentioned, like the LAFC culture, which, like, Bob, the way Bob interacts with everybody, yeah. and that is very, so like, our guys that work in the kitchen, if they were to see Bob in 11 years, it would be a similar thing. Yeah, and that's I, what I, mean. I, I do agree with you, yes. He'll remember some details, like, your wife's name, your kid's name. It's, yeah. it's hard. You meet a lot of players. Yeah. And to remember those details. And that's a special, it's a special quality as a leader. And that's why they are well, part of what I think. And, that, and that's not the stuff that people on the outside would ever know. No. Or, if, no. you know, you see the stuff on the sideline and the stuff they do with players that make news. Yeah. But that, those are the little things that I think are incredibly important. They make them special for sure. Yeah. And that goes into the culture. Obviously, I mean, I wanted to talk about Bob, but he's a, obviously a major influence on the culture that is day to day, not just with the first team, but the whole organization. Mm -hmm. um, and you just mentioned that, but then your influence on, I guess, Bob bringing in Carlos, bringing in the young talent like Diego Rossi, and then obviously the most important thing, the MLS vets like us that come in. <laughs> most important. I should have started with that. But the mixture is the it, old talent. The, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've embraced it yeah. at this point. That has created, I just think, such a positive and 
uplifting culture that I enjoy coming to day in day out. How did you how did you do that with help uh, with uh, yeah. experience? Like I said, in, uh, White Caps the expansion season, knowing what they did well, what they didn't, and then obviously Bob as a major influence in that. So yeah. that was a home run. Uh, well, I think I would say me too. I think coming to work here is an incredibly rewarding experience every day, and. Peter Goober, who when you say like, how did you do that? And you, I, I am, we are so fortunate to be led by this group of owners, but Peter Goober always says culture is people. And I think, you know, it's Bob, it's, you know, the guys that, that are in our eating area, it, everything combines um, to create what I think is a unique culture. And that for me was just drawing upon a, the wisdom of other people who have been there and done it, but then B, you guys have been also at numerous clubs and you see what, you get a sense of what works and the thought of what would work here and, you know, maybe teams that I've been on that I didn't feel that sense and why that might have been and looking at what type of team we wanted to have on the field, what is critical to that and not, and having the right balance, as you say, of people that know what this league requires versus guys that are coming in for the first time, guys that have played in World Cups, guys that have played in MLS Cups, guys that have played 300 games, all, all that with kids that are coming, kids that are coming from Uruguay and, and finding the right um, blend. And I think for, for us, the language we use is it's, it's person first, player second. And that has been a large part of our scouting our player identification and recruitment is it's absolutely critical that the personality fits with the group especially when you're starting something because if you're the san antonio spurs and you go and you sign a dick he's going to be outcast right yeah. if you're setting up a culture and you bring in a dick my fear is that Cancer. your culture becomes and that that cancer is so much more influential yeah so we were very intentional in that and bob you know, I don't, I don't need to explain that to Bob. He gets that just sort of naturally. And the decision on Bob and the conversations from then have all been, you know, aligned and, and collaborative in nature. And he, for us as an organization, exactly fit what we were looking to have on and off the field. Hey, Beta, have I told you about my love for cauliflower pizza? Well... All their products are clean, versatile, and super convenient for our hectic schedules. And did I mention that they're absolutely delicious? With a variety of bold flavor options like spicy jalapeno, my personal favorite, and sweet red pepper, eating healthy has never tasted so good. Now back to Back to Back. And how did, uh, you don't have to go into great detail, but Carlos, he's been incredible he's been an absolute home run and for me just his personality in the locker room is yeah. what is so impressive in that he's so humble and he could you know you've played with guys who are amazing like him and they probably don't have the time of day for you but he is like just one of the guys in the locker room is that something that you knew before you sign him or just had talked to people Open. about or just hope yeah. or is that just something that was just plain luck? Uh, it was certainly not luck. I think what's interesting is the stuff that we describe about Carlos, about what we appreciate about him. Yeah. Other people actually use that almost like an insult. Like, 
He's so carefree, and, and I think it's just been a perfect fit for us. What I would say, which is not the luck part of it, is you know, we, we were sure that when we hired, we, that Bob was a part of these big decisions. And that is also the benefit of having someone like Bob, is that you know the type of manager of players he is, that I know he's gonna get the most out of the young guys, the, the veterans, the stars, the, the guys that are still growing, finding their feet in the, in, um, in the league. But you know, for us, what Carlos was is um, a statement about what type of team we wanted to be. And so the process basically was we had done groundwork for a year and a half to get to that point and say, look, these are our targets. These are the guys that are on the list and it was a relatively short list and we went and Bob and I sat down and we were both very clear this was the guy and it was certainly not by accident he has done so well but the part you guys described there's you, you, you set things up in the hopes of that being the case yeah. but you don't always know yeah. you guys I knew right so I knew exactly what you guys would be like here him we didn't know but you do your research we have a great relationship with his former club mm -hmm. we know enough people his national team coach at the time Bob knows enough people so we had done our research but the, what you talk about of his humility and when you say you played with players who were awesome I don't know if I ever played with a guy like him similar I guess but that that had that level of talent but this desire to actually not be treated like he had that talent that's, that's unique that's the most shocking part about him yeah like he doesn't want that like yeah he's like a reluctant superstar yeah and it's fascinating because like you hang out and he's just like one of the guys yeah and it's i think that's a special thing about yeah. him i want to talk about the ownership group you mentioned uh peter what a crazy ownership group <laughs> and an awesome ownership group that for me has been so heavily invested not just with money but time yeah and that's been the most impressive thing that each and every game you see the majority of the ownership group there. For me, I wanted to mention this, that walking out, like- in, <laughs> You love this. I love it, I absolutely <laughs> love it. When you walk out and we're walking out on the pitch and you have like Will Ferrell there mm -hmm. and you're walking out with the other team next to you and you're like fist bumping Will Ferrell, like what up dude? That's gotta be so intimidating or it's gotta be just like, what the hell, what, who are we playing? What right. is this team, what is this? organization and then last uh, week it was like Nomar Garcia Parra. Yeah. I'm just so impressed with it and so that happened pretty organically right? Yeah I mean I think and most of that happened before I got here and that is the kind of wisdom of Peter and how he brought people in and but we've just got I mean we have incredibly successful private equity businessmen we have esports moguls we have Hollywood, we have real estate, we have all of these strategically beneficial owners that, you know, one of our owners owns the building where our offices are downtown. Um, you know, Magic Johnson helps get things done in South LA where our stadium is. All of these things came together and it is this awesome mix and I think people's concern is it becomes burdensome and how do you report to 32 people? But it's actually just been great. They're there whatever they're needed for. And the thing that just strikes me um, as different is how much, not different, because there are other owners that care, but like these guys are, as you say, like you walk out, they're there, mm -hmm. they care, and it's not just, 
they're speaking with their wallet. It's like their heart's in it. They yeah. And they, because of how you guys play, they love, you see the joy. They love coming to our games and entertaining their friends. And it's become, like for all of us, this is just a huge passion project for them, for us. And it's been, yeah, it's been fun so far. Hopefully we'll be celebrating more. I want to talk about, uh, this kind of goes on with the culture that was kind of shown to the world with the ESPN Plus docuseries. Mm -hmm. Uh, we are LAFC. I don't know if it was because of the ownership group that we we're allowed to, but the Dodgers LAFC baseball night. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a unique opportunity to be able to um, step on the field and just meet the guys, but we were able to take batting practice. And something that we are LAFC did not show was uh, GM, executive vice president of soccer operations, John Thorington. <laughs> getting in the batting box and cranking some liners out to center field, I, left center. I knew you weren't pleased about this. That they so so initially, this is, what I, this is what I want to ask, and we had kind of alluded to this, and I told John that I was going to be bringing this up. But initially, I thought that maybe, you know, I watched the series, and I think it was like episode seven or eight, and John wasn't in it. And I was like, I saw him being interviewed and everything, I was like, man, I wonder if John like didn't want to show up all the other guys and just told them to just take his part out. Oh, wow. But lo and behold, <laughs> I approach him. That was such a nice move. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wish I was that big a man. I, I, I asked the question as to why that was removed <laughs> from the footage. Quite the opposite. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I wish it was in there and I asked for it to be removed. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was and often because I wanted, I wanted the fans to see the full thing. It was yeah. nothing to do with me or being anything selfish. Yeah. Or, I just wanted them to see what happened. And they removed, for some reason, this... What I thought was a man of many qualities. And yes, and you can take all of the soccer stuff... For me to take batting practice at Dodger Stadium is like, I don't want to say the most memorable thing about last year, but that for me, growing up a Dodgers fan, I was like, yeah. wait a minute, we get to take batting practice? Yeah. And I was like a little kid, and when I showed up, and they were like, oh, GM, nice to meet you. And I was like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm going in the kitchen. Yeah. They're like, what are you, this is for players, man. I'm not, and I'm like, well, then I'm a player. I'm, yeah, I'm a player. Yeah. I'll sign a one-day contract, I'll put exactly. it on the top. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. No, but they said like, batting practice, and this was like, I think it was at the training facility, before we had gone to the game, and I was like, wait a second, batting practice? Yeah. And so I was shocked, and they said show up like two hours before, two and a half, or maybe even three, and I was like, easy, dude, I'll show up, I'll go right now, yes. and just wait for it. And so John and I were the first ones to show up, and so we're sitting there stretching next to like Kershaw, yeah. and like, just like swinging the bat, you know, <laughs> like next to him warming up, like we hit like, batting practice with the pitchers, but it, that was the crazy part about it is like we were a part of their pregame warm like routine. Yeah. You, we were rotating in with. I thought they'd be like throw you like a softball. You swing one, say you hit it, dodge save, and walk off. Yeah. They're like, you guys are up. You want to go again? And both of us were like, I'm not leaving until you say you're done. <laughs> like game's gonna start. Yeah, yeah. Was, Isn't that crazy? It was the difference so between like baseball warm ups and like our warm ups. Dude, can you imagine if some like. Right, Some random. Kershaw was on the I'm field. I'm gonna play five v two with you like, guys. Hey, I'll yeah. get in your five v two. Like what? Like yeah, it's, it's just it's different. It's dude. pretty like slow and kind of lethargic baseball warm up. Yeah, but it was, it was super early too. Yeah, it was super early, but it was so cool to be a part of. Um, and like fun. we got to use Kershaw's bat 
and like just everything was yeah. so cool. Well, hold on. So since it didn't get any airtime, yeah. why don't you let us know how you did? You know, I so no. there's a rumor. No, he crushed it. No, he there was. I do have footage because the guy sent it to me, so I have seen it. Perfect. You got your own DVD. <laughs> yes, we show it. I want to know how many emails he sent to get that footage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they sent it to me right away, and. Yeah, it was, um, I think it was Justin Turner who was hooting in the outfield at um, <laughs> my first few at-bats. But yeah, it was good fun. So between take, you take and Jordan, who did better? I'm, not, did I'm not convinced, and I wouldn't put it past John, that he went to the batting cage like the day before just to get a few hacks in. If I had time, out. 100% I would have been there. I would have been, I didn't, but I absolutely would have. <laughs> So I missed a few the very first time up. I kind of like had a few hacks. No comment. Off. No comment. No, no comment. I did. I missed a few. No, okay. sorry. Yes. yes. I'm saying no comment to his question. Oh. Who was better? Oh, uh, no. He came, that's what my point is, is he came in and he started hitting them right so off he, the bat. So he was better. What he's saying is that it looked like I had been at the batting cages. That's what I'm interpreting. It looked like, comment. yeah. You looked like I had been. Um, that's it. I'll show, I'll show you. Yeah. I, I would like to see it. <laughs> And if you have his, I would like to see his. I missed it all, so. His was in the documentary. His is the Yeah, but those are like the highlight tapes. You know, when like the, you see this high type of player scoring all his goals, you're like, oh wow, he's really good. And then you heard you miss the all ball, the other stuff. You heard the ball hit the bat, <laughs> and you knew it was going pretty far. Today's podcast is brought to you by Cauliflower Foods. If you have not had any of this pizza or their crust, head over to cauliflowerfoods.com. You can even get a discount. Tell them, Beta. Yeah, I mean, they truly are amazing. You brought them over that one time, and I'm a fan ever since. But if you check out their website, www.cauliflowerfoods.com, and use discount code BACKTOBACK at the checkout, you'll save 10% off your first order. I'm using it. Can we use it? Yeah, we better be able to use it. Why not? Let's go. Speaking of baseball, you played growing up, correct? I did until high school. Clearly. Until high school. I was clearly. Clearly. Yes. I, I was I think up until a certain point I was better at baseball than soccer. So I've known John for a while now. And there's a Cocoa Crisp story that he's told me probably two times. Yeah. And I probably heard him tell it to people like four times. So I, I, is there any way you'll share that story? So and by the way, I want to preface this. I want to preface this with yeah. I reached out to Coco Chris, no joke, <laughs> on social media, and he didn't write back. And you I was really did. bummed. I reached so that out. That would be my like reluctance in sharing this. But I. So this is what I know. This is what I know. Apparently, and this I only knew about this like after he was a professional baseball player, but. Like you guys are in, I live here now, I run into someone and they're like, hey, remember when we played baseball? Did you know that Coco Crisp was in our like little league or pony league or whatever it was? And I, I to this day, I don't remember. I, I don't, I didn't know that he was. But the next thing I said was, and he didn't, he didn't make like our all-star team. So what Jordan is getting at <laughs> is the implication <laughs> that Coco Crisp did not make the all-star team Therefore, implying that, you know, the people that did, being 
yourself. You made all sorts. I'm, I'm just. So you <laughs> made all sorts. The dots. And Coco, there was another center fielder that made the All Star team. Do you look back and wow. think? Same position. Had I stayed on the baseball path, no I could chance. be an All Star as well. No chance. You no. could be out there every night. Zero chance. No. Crushing in Dodger Stadium. Yeah, 162 no. times. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't stay healthy for 34 games. <laughs> 162 games. I don't know. I want to go back to the We Are LAFC docuseries because uh, it highlighted a lot of stuff. And one of them being the Falcon and the Falconer. And not many people know, only because I've talked to you about this a few different times, but uh, you came up with that Falcon idea. Your, the, the, your um, mentions of all conversations just sounds like I'd come to you and tell you all the things I've done. I was hoping hey. you'd say you heard that from somebody No, else. it's a conversation where I'm like, the Falcon is amazing. Who came up with okay. that? And you yeah. happen to say, yes. yeah, so I reached out to so-and-so. I'm like, oh my God, what a great idea. So the Falcon came about in an executive meeting, gosh, I don't know how many years ago. We were talking about this idea of a, of a mascot, and I am really into nature documentaries, and I had seen this documentary, it was a Planet Earth, if it, was, if it wasn't Planet Earth, that style of thing, and it was on Southern California, and there is a portion of it that is uh, animals indigenous to this area, and it was, I think it was Laguna Beach, and there is this peregrine falcon, and there was this bit on it, and we were talking about what we wanted the mascot to represent, and I just said, have, have you guys heard of the peregrine falcon? It's my favorite animal, this thing is insane, you have to watch this clip. And so I sent it to them, and then from that conversation, all of a sudden we're trying to find a, talking to people do, that do falconry and trying to find, and then we find this one guy who falconry. is the only yeah. guy that does it, and then we, we basically, we hatch these birds. So those are LAFC birds, and they went and, so Ken the falconer, Went around, he trained them at Dodger Stadium. I just wanted to give you credit, and I okay. thought it was a great idea. Now, it was but everything that's, to have the idea, the execution of it is incredible. And that's what I want to talk about. The execution is ridiculous because there's now every game, there's a falconer that comes out, and I think it's genius. Mm -hmm. You had Will Ferrell come out, and that was uh, shown in the documentary. Yeah. Um, and then you have just a different celebrity or an influential person. Fan, a fan that comes in. Yeah, it's an amazing thing, and it just kind of goes to the culture of LAFC. It's just things like that that are just outside the box that no one is even thinking about. Yeah, I still every game have to get out to watch the the flight. I, I it is so you guys don't get to see it. No, and I'm a little jealous about that. Yeah, like when when you guys are leaving the lot, I run out so that I can see it, yeah. and then I go. <laughs> I th it was actually one of the first games I missed, and you're like. Dude, have you seen the Falcon? At least you need to come out right now and like yeah. ran out, ran out there on the field. It's, it's pretty amazing. Sweet. It, it really it, is. It loops around the stadium. It. I just want to say this for the listeners, the couple listeners that'll be checking this out. Later. <laughs> or the LA fan that arrives late to games. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, it loops around the stadium and then dives. on command from Ken dives down and with its talons grabs. A well, a medallion, or a, yeah, with the opposing team's uh, logo yeah. on it, and then just rips it to shreds. That's amazing. What the heck is going on? Sets a tone. And, yeah. And this is, if I'm not mistaken, the fastest animal on the planet, correct? Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. no big deal. We just got the fastest animal. That's right. right it's before crazy. Kickoff.
I wanted to take a second and tell you about cauliflower foods. As soccer players, we run a lot. So we rely on foods that won't weigh us down and will instead keep us energized and going from one game to the next. It's all about finding those that use simple, wholesome ingredients and avoid fillers and unnecessary additives. Read the labels, people. Cauliflower foods is what you need for a healthy lifestyle. Now that I got that off my chest, let's take you back to our conversation with LAFC GM John Thorrington. I wanted to talk about injuries, not necessarily anything having to do with your injuries. I wanted to talk about, like I've had, knock on wood, not too many injuries, but in those times, whether it be like a sports hernia from last year or when I had a meniscus in 2009, like being away from the team and feeling like isolated, I think is one of the hardest things I've ever experienced and I'm thankful that I haven't had to too often but like beta just having a concussion or you've had a few different surgeries uh, you can speak to it as well just the mental aspect of coming back from injury and and how much of a toll it actually takes and i know you can i know unfortunately speak from experience but yeah um i just think it's an important topic yeah it's hard and you have to find different ways of staying engaged with the group when you're not and that was always the thing for me, especially later in your career where you don't feel like you're going to battle with your team. And yeah, it's hard, but for me, it was just the unfortunate reality of uh, my career after I was 21, having to deal with them. But I would say two things. One is I never burnt out. Like I still probably in part because of injuries, whenever I could play was even just training. And I still now like would, go out and run with you guys and I still love that and I think part of it was because I know that I couldn't take it for granted and the other thing which is not being able to take it for granted I was not one of these athletes that was like ah well I'll think about when I'm done with my career like when I'm 30 and I ended up I think I retired at 34 35 but I knew that it could go so quickly and so I had to prepare which I think that preparation enabled me to, to move into different roles like with the Player Association and then and then now where I I don't know if that would have been the same case would have been the case had I just played and played something like 300 games or something like that. <laughs> but how do you stay mentally engaged I guess is what I'm curious for like when I was it was always if I'm out I am chomping at the bit to get back and like until I get back I don't feel like sane yeah, that was my flaw is that I would get impatient at that last, not, not my flaw, one of many, but that was an issue I had is you, you, you put in your time, you get to that point and I would always push too, too much too soon because I was so impatient to get back and you'd think, okay, learn your lesson and don't, and actually you're, you're actually very good at this. He is. I even, is when, you, when I was running with you, um, yeah. literally this happened when you were coming back from your Hampshire for preseason. Yeah. And I did the workout with him and another player. And the last thing was like, go and do a sprint. Full on sprint. And he's like, I'm, I know my limitation. And I was like, and no, I, and I go. broke my hamstring. <laughs> like I still haven't learned. Um, that is I'm, something that he does really well yeah, and to his credit. I'm, and I don't really do it. Is I've that had too many where I'm like, I, I've learned. Like, but it's tough to have that self-control. Yeah, I've never learned. Yeah. Still have not learned. Just I'm in a bad place when I'm injured. I hate it. Absolutely it's the hate worst. it. 
So I'm like, if I can do, just by being a little smarter, do whatever I can to prevent it, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but did I coin the phrase beta time? You did. By the way. And it comes from how he would have a knock or something, and throughout the week he'd be like, you know what, I need to take this day off, and he would have his beta time. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, people ask, how'd you get beta time? And we need to mention that. Have so you ever disclosed this? It was him coasting people don't, taking days people, off. You people don't, don't, you don't give that. me credit for beta time? People need to know that, and when they listen to this podcast, they will know. There's a tweet, Not actually, yet. when I was in Toronto, and you put beta time. It was like, you, I think you put like, hashtag beta time. And it was from like, early 2016. So, that's when you first said it. On record. We want to ask one last question, and this is starting kind of a new tradition here. We're going to ask the same last question, but slightly alter it to specifically to our, our, our guests. And it's going to be past, present, future. And for you at LAFC and having, you know, come in but created this kind of from the ground up, what is your favorite LAFC moment um, that you were most proud of in the past? Uh, the home, I'd say the, the home opener last year was uh, the most memorable moment for me where I felt like, not me, but everybody's hard work kind of culminated in this one moment. And yeah, I would say that from the past. It was pretty magical. Um, and then now in the present, what are you, what is like the most exciting part of LAFC right now? Well, I'm predicting you're going to ask now the future, so yes. the, most, the most exciting thing about the present for me no, is I, the future, I didn't say that. but I do think that seeing the hard work that you guys and the staff put in be rewarded and seeing the progress of the group from year one to year two and making, you know, not wholesale changes, but keeping the group together and rewarding the guys that put in so much last year and seeing that progression and seeing what the staff put in every day, seeing what you guys put in every day, and seeing that rewarded is very gratifying for me because uh, that is that is what this club is. It's the people and seeing that, that hard work rewarded is, is gratifying. Is that a conscious decision in terms of keeping the same group together? So many organizations throughout this league, if it's not going well or if they start something and maybe they don't win MLS Cup, they just blow it up. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a balance because you don't, you need to find the right balance uh, and find ways of improving because this league is getting better every year. So if you stand still, you'll just fall backwards. So for us, and this is the, you know, the experience and expertise of the coaching staff and the whole soccer operation is saying, how can we improve? But, you know, we felt really good about the foundation that was laid last year with the guys we had and... The way I describe it is last year with the specificity of how Bob asked, what he, what he asked of all the players and the staff and, and everything, now you guys are sophomores. Mm -hmm. And to have the benefit of that, you want as much continuity as possible and then you sprinkle in a few pieces here and there of guys that you think can come in and help. And I think we're starting to see that and that's gonna be a process throughout each year. I mean, last year, I just actually spent like five minutes this morning there's a picture here at the office of the locker room after the Seattle win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I spent five minutes going through the faces of our opening day <clears throat> group in Seattle last year and think then to watch what, and it's, 
you just see how much, it, like, it feels like there's a lot of continuity, but then you look at that picture, you're like, man, a lot actually has changed. But it's almost like an acquisition in that, you, like you said, it's a sophomore year, but guys are different players than they were last year. For sure. And, and picking up things uh, more fluidly and they're more comfortable with Bob's system, and that's almost like a new acquisition in itself. And looking throughout this year, that, like looking at that Seattle team as an example versus the, the team that was playing in the second half of the season, it was a total, we picked up yeah. guys in the middle of the season, and yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, that the present is again, just seeing the hard work and the quality rewarded. And as you predicted, the future, what are you most excited about? That I think this has been such a fun journey and project to be a part of, and my kind of assured belief that the best is yet to come. First ever, back to back. First ever. All right. Well, throw that, add that to your resume along with a couple of years, so. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. All right. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you.